How many can say that tonight? He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my savior. He's my satisfier. He's everything that I have need of. Hallelujah and so much more. Let's just bow our heads together. If you have a need, you want to make known to him. Amen. He's here to meet it tonight. Father, we're so thankful that you're our need supplier. You're our God and you're our savior. Father, you're our everything and God, where would we be without you, Lord? Without you in our lives, Lord, moving among us and touching us, healing us, delivering us, Lord, setting us free from every vile thing of this world, Lord. What a, what a wonderful Savior. Father, today we just want to ask you to come and move in our hearts and our lives. Come and speak to us once again, Father. Lord, if there be something in our hearts, Lord, that's not right, God, may you just somehow by your mercy and grace, Lord, just convict us of it, Lord, and Lord, and help us to repent, Lord, and make it right. God, we commit our hearts to you, everything, Father, for your glory and for your honor, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, amen, and also Hebrews 9. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 6, 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Also, Hebrews 9, 24 said, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but unto heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest entereth in the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ has once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I want to look at that again. And unto them that look for him shall he appear. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I don't think that we would, we could all, I mean, I believe we all could agree that we live in, we're living in an evil day. It's an evil time. Man's mind is on evil continually and um, seemingly going further and further towards evil as they get further and further away from God. But I believe that as we read in the scripture, there's a people that's able to stand in the most evil day. As he said here in the scripture, he said that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. 
And having done all to stand, stand therefore. I believe there's a people, regardless of what you see, all the bad news and all the things, there's plenty of that's out there. But there's a people on earth that are standing. There's a people on earth that are standing for righteousness. They're standing for holiness. They're standing for the supernatural God um, to move among them. They're standing for the kingdom of God. And there's a people on this earth that's able to take the pressures of this age. Because they have been pressurized for this age. And I, I'd like to speak to you that again on pressure, pressurized. And realizing that's all that's going on in the world. And, and I, I believe there's a people here that really realizes that all that's going on the, in the world is just setting the scene for their going away. Amen. And that's what this is all about. This is a setting the scene for your going away or your catching away as a thief would come in the night. Amen. You know, looking at this word pressurized, it means to be brought to or be maintained at an atmospheric pressure higher than that of the surroundings or greater than that of the surroundings. In other words, there's a power greater or higher than the power that's on the outside. A power, a power higher or greater than that of its surroundings. You know, I've got in a jet plane, I, I know there's many here that have been in a plane, and you get up and you fly overseas especially, and they got, you know, they've got it now. I, I remember as a kid, they didn't have this, but, uh, you know, has, as, as uh, technology has progressed, now you get in a plane, you got your own little screen, you can watch whatever you want to, you can game whatever you want to. I mean, there's all kind of options out there, but they have uh, a map that you can watch watch and you can watch where the plane is and and on that map it'll tell you the temperature of the of, of the outside the altitude all those things and you get up at a certain place and you begin to realize it's not very pleasant on the outside you may be sitting in a short sleeve shirt and you may be comfortable as you can be you know squeezed together in that little seat but on the outside it can be somewhere around 65 below zero and but it, that plane has been built in such a way to withstand the pressure of all the things that's going on around it. And it has been pressurized so that the inside can keep its ability to be comfortable, to, uh, to, to have a comfortable temperature, to be able to relax as much as possible. And on the outside, it can be cold. It can be all kind of things, storms, lightnings, and all that thing around there happening. But there's uh, on the inside of that plane, it has been pressurized for that atmosphere or for that place. And it shows that what's on the inside is greater because unless there's something that cracks or something that malfunctions in that plane and thank God I've never had that happen while I've been in the plane you know they give you all the rundown of what you're supposed to do and out of the roof supposed to come some cups and you stick it over your face and breathe naturally and normally I don't know how anybody can do that in that kind of situation but anyway if that happens I, I, I don't know how I would react but I've never been there but apparently that is there but you know that plane is built to withstand things that, and, and, and can go to those places and be in those places and while on the outside, it is uh, uncomfortable, it's freezing, it's whatever on the outside, but on the inside, there's a, there's a pressured cabin, and it's been pressurized to withstand to where the things on the outside cannot get to the inside, and I believe that there's a people upon this earth that has been pressurized, and been pressurized by the seal of the Holy Ghost. Now, this, this seal, you don't have to worry about it blowing apart, or breaking apart, or falling apart in the time of chaos, and the time of, of trouble, or if it's cold outside, hot outside, this seal will hold. 
This Holy Ghost gospel, this Holy Ghost pressure pressurizes a, a body of, of believers to a place that no matter what's going on the outside, what's taking place on the outside, whether hell has come to earth or whether whatever's going on, that this on the inside is pressurized for what for this and, and able to take it. Now we know that also as astronauts, as we begin to lift off the earth, they also are in a pressurized capsule and they have pressurized suits. They're they're gearing up and they're becoming, amen, geared up to be able to withstand where they're going or to be able to take where they're going. And you know, and as we spoke about this here the last time on a couple Wednesdays ago, that as they're sitting on top of that capsule and the, and the time is counting down to their going away, they're, they're looking to where they're going. They're sitting there looking up into the heavens because that's where they're going. They're not looking, you know, if they're sitting on the coast of out there uh, on the Florida coast, they're not looking back over at New York or not looking to Louisiana or toward the west. They're looking up, amen, because that is where they're going. They're not planning on going to Louisiana or going to the other coast or going to the other side of the world. They're planning on leaving this atmosphere and going into another atmosphere. They're looking at where they're going, amen. God has also has astronauts and they have their eyes trained on where they're going. Amen. If you're planning on going to hell, just keep looking at hell. If you're planning on staying here on earth, just keep looking at this earth. But if you're planning on leaving this world, you better train your eyes to look to another dimension, to look to where you're going. Because, you know, even naturally speaking, you use your human eyes, you're generally looking to where you're going. If you're walking this way, you better be looking where you're going. You know, you see people that ain't, you see videos of people that not looking where they're going. They're looking at their phone or they're talking to somebody and they got their, they're distracted and they hit themselves upside the head with a pole. They walk right into it because why? They're not looking where they're going. But I believe there's a people with their eyes fixed on another dimension. They're not concerned so much with what's going on around them. Amen. But they're moving and they're moving towards that other dimension. Is that dimension? is blending into this dimension there's also a people that's ready to take that step into that other dimension and you know and I, I also looking at this it was very interesting that as there's astronauts are circling the earth they're going at a greater speed than what this earth is going at they're going at somewhere around 17,200 miles an hour that's a great speed I've never been that fast don't ever plan to go on that fast as far as naturally speaking but in going that fast they see about 16 to 17 or so sunrises and sunsets a day. You know, as they're moving around there, they're not looking at earth and seeing all the problems on earth. They can't see all the problems on earth. They can't see the things that are going on. They have been lifted up into another dimension, to another atmosphere. They're moving at a faster rate or faster speed. And Brother Brandon would talk about that other dimension. It moved, it's here, it says, but it's moving just a little faster than we are. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, church, if you're looking at church problems and you're looking at situations around you, you're looking at uh, family problems, you're looking at sicknesses, you're looking at this, you're not moving fast enough. Amen. It's time that we begin to move in another atmosphere and we operate in another atmosphere with more sincerity about us and, and longing and looking to where we want to go. Amen. Brother Branham would use this and look. He would say, look, like going down the road sometimes, maybe a certain scene will come and somebody will say, look, just like right now, look at that organ. Look at that organ. 
See, it, it automatically, the word look causes you, many of you, some of you are stubbornly just looking this way, but it, many of you, it kind of makes you want to look what I'm talking about. Because there's a voice that spoke and it told you there's something to look at. And there's many voices that are speaking in this day. And they're saying, look at this, and look at this, and look at this, and look at this. And our eyes, if we're not careful, we'll look at all kinds of things and get caught up in it. But there is a greater voice. There is a voice speaking in this day. And it's saying, don't look at what's going on around here. Look beyond those things. There's something greater. There's something that's going on. All of what's going on around you is only setting up the atmosphere or the climate for your leaving here. But see, everybody's looking. Everybody's looking for something. They're looking for something to happen. You know, the world is constantly looking. They're, they're looking for radar on their radars or whatever they got nowadays, screens around the world, every nation, you know, trying to keep their defenses up, you know, trying to keep their eye in the sky, looking for somebody to push the button to send a nuclear weapon. Look, look, everyone is looking. But there is a people on this earth that is also looking. There is a bride that is looking looking for the coming of her Lord. And he said, unto those that are looking for my appearing, will I appear to them? Hallelujah. Amen. We're all looking, but it depends on what voice we're listening to. Some of us are saying, look for this and look for that. And he said, but what is happening to the world? They're going on in their blindness and they're getting blinder and more and more all the time. As it was in the days of Noah, people were blind. They couldn't see what was going on, all the things that were going on in his day. He said, but we who look for Christ the second time, it is an ensign of his soon coming when we see the days as it was in the days of Noah. Or we see the day as it were in the days of Lot. And it vexes our soul and it hurts us to see the world going the way that it's going. And the things that are going the way that they're happening, it hurts. Amen, it hurts. You don't want to see it get this way, but it's prophecy. We can't stop it. Governments can't stop it. They can't put enough laws and regulations out there to stop it. It's heading down this track. Why? Because prophecy has said it to be so. Amen. And he said that it was going to be the climate that is going to be here on the, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot. What is it? It's nothing but an ensign to look at. He's coming. Amen. We see something is about to happen, but it depends on what you're looking at, what you'll see. Noah knew by the word of God there was coming a flood, but by faith he saw it, and he knew that it was going to be because God's word promised it. Either we believe this word or we don't believe this word. Amen. But the world could not see it because it didn't line up to their beliefs. It didn't line up to what they thought. It didn't line up to their political ideas. It didn't line up to how they wanted it to be. It didn't line up to them. And they found themselves in, in water over their heads. They found themselves destroyed because they could not see what Noah saw. And it wasn't a popular message what Noah saw. Neither is this a popular message. It wasn't a popular message what Noah was preaching. It's going to rain. It's going to come. You better get in this ark. Why are you building this ark? Why are you doing all this? Because I have seen another vision. 
I've seen God has come and revealed something to my heart and I am putting one more nail in. I'm cutting another board. I'm going right along according to what God's word says. Why are you living the way you're living? Why you believe the way you believe? Because I've caught another vision. It's not the vision of this world and what the devil wants you to believe and to see. I've caught a vision from another realm. And there's also a people here on this earth that's also caught that vision. There is a people that's caught a vision. They've caught a vision of a destruction. And they're headed to destruction as hard as they can go. But there's also another people that's caught a vision of leaving here. Hallelujah. But Noah kept his eyes on that word. The church, the bride, the called out knows that the coming of the Lord is at hand. Regardless of how much the world has progressed and, and we've succeeded in, 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 in opening up things in the physical realm and scientifically speaking, amen, going to the moon, it, that means nothing to the believer, only a sign that the coming of the Lord is at hand. We see nations breaking. We see nations falling apart. We see the world being pulled apart. The church move is coming apart. And we're taught that when we receive a kingdom that cannot be moved, but as these things begin to happen, the church itself, the bride together, tighter, binding itself tighter and tighter and tighter to the word of God. It's a great day we're living in. Oh, hallelujah. It's an evil day, but it's a great day. Everybody's looking for something. You might already be looking past this service already. Looking for what's happening tomorrow or what you're going to do when you get home. What I got to do tomorrow might be something other next week you got you're already looking to. And then that's our problem. We keep our eyes on other things. We're looking for this thing to happen or this neighbor to come over or this friend to come or that to happen. Everybody's looking for something. But as a group of believers tonight assembled together, let's fix our thoughts and our principles and our heart upon the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Looking for Christ who shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation to those that are believed and that are looking for him to come. But the devil's constantly trying to get our eyes on what other things are going on and sicknesses that we got and this coronavirus over here and that over here and this problem over here and this world problem issues and this. And, 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 and your mind just about ready to go poof, explode. What is it? We get out of focus. We get our eyes off of what's really important. It's the devil's job to get your eyes off the coming of the Lord. That's what's important. I know people don't believe in it. They don't, some people don't believe in the coming of the Lord, but I believe in it. I believe in the rapture of the church. I believe that there's a going away. I believe there's a people here that's been judged by the word, and the word of God has placed upon a robe of righteousness, the seal of the Holy Ghost upon their lives, adopted sons and daughters of God that are not going into judgment, but they're going into a rapture. They're leaving this whole world. This world's going into judgment. But if you want to go, go with them. I'm not going. I'm looking unto Jesus. 
Brother Branham talks about a camera he had, Brother Billy. Billy Paul, as a young boy, had, had taken pictures, and he handed it to his dad and said, take that picture out there. It's a beautiful uh, saguaro cactus, and just look at that. It's incredible. He said, so I threw up the camera, and he said, I saw not one stalk, but I saw three stalks. Not two, but three stalks. And I took it down, and there was only one stalk. I put it up again, and there was three stalks. He said, let's just say it this way. Sometimes we get out of focus. And if we're not careful, all the things that are going on around us is going to get us out of focus. It's going to get us out of step. It's going to pull us one way or the other. If we give our eyes to it and our heart to it and our thoughts to it, it's there to pull you away from one thing, the coming of the Lord Jesus. This is what he said again in Luke chapter 21 and verse 25. He said, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth, the stresses of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after these things which are coming upon the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in cloud with great power and great glory. And when, they, when these things begin to come to pass, what do you do? Look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. What are you looking at? What, are you, what you're seeing depends on what you're looking with. If you're looking with these two eyes, you'll see the things of this world, the problems around you, the situations around you. If Noah would have looked with these two eyes, he would have never built a boat. If Moses would have looked with these two eyes, he would have never went and seen a burning bush. It made excuses. Wow, there must be a bad drought going on. Something happened. But he wasn't looking with these two eyes. Something else grabbed a hold of him. Just as Noah, something else grabbed a hold of him to where it wasn't looking with these two eyes. Now, no doubt, these two eyes tried to take over sometime. No doubt he had mind battles and things and things he had to deal with, wanted to quit, wanted to give up. There's 120 years of this going on. I don't know what all he had to deal with. All I know is he continued to walk with God and continued to do what God told him to do. And God sent the rain. God sent the judgment and the boat floated and he was saved and his family was saved. Hallelujah. I don't know. Well, you may have mind battles. You may feel like giving up, but you just keep walking with Jesus. You keep walking according to the word of God. God will send the rain. God will send the judgment upon the things that are bothering you. God will move those obstacles out of your way. Just keep walking with God. Keep looking into the unseen. God has a people that are looking away from the world. The world wants you to look at it. The world wants you to see all the problems and the bad news. Everything's bad news. It don't want you to see any good news. It wants you to believe that everybody's hateful and spiteful and ungodly and everybody's wrong and everybody's, everybody's this terrible person and that ain't true. He wants you to believe that there's no hope in mankind. That ain't true. He wants you to believe there's more problems than there are solutions. There's more sicknesses than there is health. There's more there are disappointments than there are happy times. 
And what happens, we, we as people, if we're looking with these eyes, when disappointment comes, our reaction and how we react and how we, how we, how we uh, carry ourselves after a disappointment tells us what we're looking at and what we're looking with. Come on, somebody. Amen. A person can go through disappointments in their lives and, and they react and they get bitter towards God. It shows you you're looking at the wrong thing. You're not looking at the promise of God. You're not looking at God himself. You're looking at little old lie and poor old me and how bad I got it and how terrible I'm having it and how and nobody else is having a bad day like I'm having. Come on now. This is our human our human's, uh, uh, thoughts and our human thinking and how we turn to ourselves. Well, I'm having such a bad day and there's nobody having a bad day like I'm having. Instead of looking and saying, I have such a good God. There's nobody got a God like I got. He'll take care of me when nobody else will take care of me. He'll feed me when nobody else will feed me. He'll heal me when nobody else can heal me. He'll deliver me when nobody else can deliver me. Hallelujah, I have a great God. Oh, if our minds can turn away from our disappointments and our sicknesses and our problems and realize God is God. And his word don't change. God is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God right now that can move aside every problem, every sickness, every trouble, every family strife, everything in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. If you take your eyes off of what you're looking at and look to Jesus. Look at him. Well, Brother Timothy, all I see is strife. All I see is problems. All I see is the world is falling apart. I, all I see is everybody's terrible. Everybody's horrible. I, there's no good person in this world. You know, Isaiah one time looked at Jesus. He could have looked at problems. He could look at situations around him. His life maybe wouldn't go in the way he planned it. But one day he caught another glimpse and he looked away from the world and he looked to see him. And when he saw him, he said, I see a counselor. I see a prince of peace. I see the mighty God. I see the everlasting father. That's what Isaiah looked away and saw. Hallelujah. Daniel one time, he could have saw a lot of problems. He could have saw a kingdom that was turning against him. He could have saw a king that decreed he'd go into a lion's den. But he looked away from the lion's den. He looked away from the other problem. And he said, I see a stone hewed out of the mountain without hands. I see a God who's able to move when there's impossibilities. Ezekiel, he might in his life no doubt was not going the way he planned, but he looked away and he looked one day at him and he said, well, he's a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Hallelujah. He's a wheel in the middle of the wheel and he's the hub that everything's connected to. He's the big wheel that's run by faith and all of us are turned as spokes connected to that wheel by the power of the Lord Jesus. That's what Ezekiel saw when he looked away. What are you looking at? Well, I had this problem and I got this going on and I'm bitter. I'm just mad. Ain't nobody gonna make me happy. No, as long as you're looking at that, there ain't nobody gonna make you happy. But if you'll turn and look 
Let me say, if you just continue in that way, God can't even make you happy. He said, well, I need God to do this. Well, change your attitude. And God can move. I, I, listen, it's our attitude that causes a lot of issues. Pressure gets to us, and we ain't quite pressurized. Amen. Things of life and things around us and our attitude stink sometimes. I'll just be honest with you. It gets on the world and the things of the world and all the stuff around us. I don't know. How many has dealt with depressions in these last few months? Spirits on every hand. Me and my wife would try to set aside time in the morning, amen, to have devotions together and pray. And the more we try to go into that realm, it seems like the more the devil fights. That tells me I'm going the right direction. Yeah, right. Amen. That's what he's going to do. He's coming against you to try to get your eyes of what's really going on around you. What's really happening around you. John the Baptist, he could have looked and said, my head's fixing to be on a platter. Government's turned against me. Things are going wrong. But when he looked and he caught sight of him, he saw a dove and heard a voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. That's what he saw when he looked at Jesus. Hallelujah. He saw him because the spirit came down from heaven like a dove saying, this is my son. Noah, when he looked away to see him, Noah saw the just judgments of God coming upon the people of the world who had rejected his word. Listen, all this burning and things that's going on is only a precursor. It's only a precursor of the judgment that's about to come upon this world. Lawlessness? Oh, my. Amen. Things that's coming upon this earth and the situation that's going to happen when this bride lifts off of here. I had somebody email me telling me they don't believe in the rapture. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not going with you. Don't take my hope away. That's the only hope of ever getting out of this situation we're in. How many come and told Noah they didn't believe in a boat? How many come and told Noah they don't believe in rain? Well, I got my quotes, and I got my this, and I got my scientific proof. It ain't going to rain. It ain't never raining. It's possible to rain. Noah said, God said it's going to rain. All I know is a prophet said there's a bride getting ready to go in a rapture. He preached a message called the rapture. So sound like you're listening to another voice. Not the voice I've been trained to listen to. Moses, when he looked away, Moses had all kinds of problems. He had a government behind that was trying to kill him. He's running on the back side of the desert. He had all kinds of reasons to hide behind a bush somewhere. But he saw, when he looked away, he saw a bush on fire. The pillar of fire had been come down into a bush. And when Moses drawed close to it, he heard a voice that said, Take off your shoes. The I am is here. Oh, hallelujah. The I am is here. Not I was, not I will be. The I am, eternally I am. He saw him. That's what he saw in the burning bush. Israel, they had all kind of problems. They had fire serpents going among them because of their sin and their disbelief in God. Amen. But God raised up a brass serpent and said, look and live. Change what you're looking at. Quit looking at this below and look to that. 
look and live. Amen. What was it? It was speaking of the suffering of Christ for the judgment of the sick and the lost. Mm, in the atonement. Oh, hallelujah. I love how he deals with this because some people can believe for the, uh, the atonement for sin, but they can't believe for the atonement of sickness. Jesus was that atonement. As Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up for the same purpose. They had sinned and they got sick. But he ca- that came to take away their sins and their sicknesses. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, but by his stripes we're healed. Take divine healing away from Christ, you cut the atonement in half. But what do you see when you look at him? Amen. Moses saw a burning bush. Noah saw rain. He saw judgment, righteous judgment coming upon the earth. Ezekiel saw a will in the middle of the will. Isaiah saw a counselor, mighty God, an everlasting father. But what do you see when you look away from your problems? And you put your focus on him, then what do you see? I tell you what I see. I see a savior. I see a healer. I see a deliverer. I see a God who's worthy of every praise and every honor. No wonder I can sing that song. Every praise is to my God. Sing hallelujah to my God because I know where I was when he found me and I know where I am where he brought me and he put me upon a rock by his side. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. What do you see when you see him? If you look through a creed, they'll tell you days of miracles are past. It's not supernatural times anymore. It's, it's just believing on the word. But if you look at it through the word, you'll see he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The disciples had a lot to look at on a ship. They had a lot of problems going on. Winds and waves and it ain't fun being on a little boat out in the middle of a sea. Been there, done that, don't care to do it again. Waves you can't even see over and it's cresting over the boat. You feel like at any moment you don't know what's about to happen. Are we going down? Are we going through? What's going to happen? And here they are rocking and carrying on. And they're looking at these waves and they're getting worse. And they're getting worse. And all of a sudden one said, who is that? Who is that out there? And when they looked away at the, from the troubled sea... They saw the only help that could help them. Oh, hallelujah. I trust somebody tonight can look away from the sickness and see the only help that can help you. The only one. Maybe you can look away from your family issues or your problems that's going on and the things that's happened in your life and, and the situations nobody could fix if they had all the time in the world. It'd be impossible for them to fix. But there is a help that can help you. Man can't help you. Governments can't help you. People can't help you. But there is a help that can help you. You say, well, I'm depressed. I got anxiety. I got fear. I got dread. I got... There is a help that can help you. It's not a psychologist. It's not a doctor. It's not somebody here on this earth. But there is a help that can help you. That can come in a moment and a twinkling of eye and change that whole situation. Hallelujah. I was listening to this tape this morning, look away to Jesus, and Brother Brandon was going through all the different things that happened in his ministry. Incredible, incredible tape. 
going through the different things of God speaking and, and the word, had he right, and the squirrels, and, I, I don't, and the storm, and his wife, and all those things that had taken place. And he tells about a, a, a Mr. Shemp who owned a candy store that was in a bad way. He had gotten sick and was in a terrible situation. And he had went there as a little boy and bought candy from him. And I know many of us probably been to that store. I've been there. Enjoy that place. Red Hot's are great. <laughs> had some just a few days ago. Brother Ben Coleman sent me some for my birthday. I appreciated that. But anyway, I had, I had you know, he went there as a little boy, told some things that I can't comprehend, talking about getting a, can, a, a ice cream cone for a penny or something like that and having a pocket full of candy just for a couple of cents and things we can't comprehend today within times that we live in as far as value, value of money and things. But he, this man, he went there as a little kid, and this man had gotten really sick. And he, he, he said, well, he'd heard about Brother Branham and his prayers and how God answered him. And he called for him to come by his side. And he was in a terrible shape. I can't remember all the problems. Impossibilities. But all of a sudden, Brother Branham looked from what he saw to something else. And he said, what? He said, Brother, Brother Shem, it's going to be all right. He said, I'm going to buy Red Hots from you again one day. He said he completely forgot about it. They went home for Christmas or some sometime went home back to Jeffersonville, went to run and grab a few things as gifts and, and, and ran into he said I went, went into Shimp's and he said I walked up there with my hat drawn down. There was Mr. Shimp now standing. I heard he'd got healed. He said, but I hadn't seen him yet. And he said, I seen him standing behind there. I walked with my kind of my hat covered and I, I said, I'd like a, about a half a pound or a pound, I can't remember, of red hots. He said, okay, and he fixed him up, and he handed him up, and he said, Brother Branham looked up, and he said, whoa, Brother Branham. He said, I told you I, you would sell me Red Hots again. I'd like to have about another pound of Red Hots. That we could catch a different vision. All the things going around us and all the problems and the situation and the devil pointing out this and pointing out that and this failure and this problem and this situation over here. I don't like how this happened. I don't like, I don't Catch a different vision. And you can get out of that old decrepit position that you're in. And you may be down and out and seem like nobody cares. But if you'll catch the vision that God cares for you. That God cares enough about a man to tell him, you're going to sell me red hearts again. Does he care enough about a person to say, hey, you're not going down in sickness. You're going back up again. And you're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkle of the eye to go in a rapture. Martha had a lot to look at. A lot of problems to look at. Pressure, she had pressure. Anxiety, she had anxiety. Fear, no doubt she had fear. She had all kinds of things. But when she turned away from death itself, and she turned and she looked and she saw Jesus. The resurrection and the life. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, he's a still that same God right now. I feel him so close right now. He is the resurrection and the life. Turn your eyes from what you're looking at. Amen. Turn your eyes from all the sickness that's around you and your body giving up and all the things that's going on and say, God, you are the resurrection and life. 
You're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the Lord God that heals all our diseases. Cancer is nothing but a toothache to you. There's no devil, no spirit, no sickness that cannot and will not bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Pressure. She had pressure. But when she looked at him, she saw the resurrection and the life. The hungry. The hungry sitting out there, no food to eat. But when they looked at him, they saw a sustaining life. They saw a man that could take fish and break it off, and there'd be another piece there. They saw a man that could take bread, break it off, and there was another piece of cooked bread there. The creator at work. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I think about the blind man, pressure, anxiety, fear, being blind. I, I think about blind people all the time. My heart goes out to them because I, I couldn't imagine living in that world of darkness. Fear? You know how the fear you have sometimes just being in the dark. Not knowing what's around you or waking up in your room and it's dark and you see a shadow and the things jump at you and you're wondering if it's this or robbers done come in. All kinds of thoughts come to your mind. Could you imagine as a blind person every day of your life living there? Pressures? Anxiety? Fear? Getting knocked over, getting pushed around. Nobody seemingly cares. How long did it go on for this young man? Day after day, year after year, hour after hour, minute after minute, second after second. And all of a sudden, somebody knelt down and dipped in a little piece of dirt spit in it. Who was that? That was the same one that said, let there be. He'd done that before. When he made Eve and Adam and he placed her, hmm, I want her to have blue eyes. I want him to be like this. Let me shake that nose a little different. And he breathed and their bodies came to life. He'd done that before. Cancer, he's done that before. Lost loved ones, he's done that before. Sugar diabetes, high blood pressure, he's done it before. Sin, he's done it before. Every devil in hell, he's done it before, and he can do it again. Is there people here that I'm taking my eyes off what I see? I'm looking to Jesus who did it before, and he'll do it again. He saved the lost before, he'll save them again. He healed cancer before, he'll heal it again. Hallelujah. There ought to be a people that said, I see Jesus. I see him among us. I see him raising the dead. I see him moving in our midst. I see the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me just say this right now. Depression, he'd done it before. Anxiety, he's done it before. You fear? He's done it before, and he'll do it again. Hallelujah. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is there people here that says, I know my God. I know who he is. I know he's the same yesterday, today. I'm turning my eyes away from this old world, and I'm looking to the hills which cometh my help. My help don't come from governments. My help don't come from people. My help comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star, amen, the mighty God. A God who's mighty in battle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there somebody here that said, I saw him. I saw him move in my heart. I saw him move in my life. And I just want to right now, I want to thank God for my liberty. I want to thank God for my healing. I want to thank God for my joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I want to thank God. He's the same yesterday. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Woo! Glory to God and I. Hey, man, that song brings back a story to my mind about a little boy who was apprehended by just an old thug, took him and drug him into his car and began to take him off, kidnap him. And that little boy, something began, you talking about pressure? Anxiety and fear? Amen, began to grip that boy. But his testimony was, I just started singing a song. Every praise is to my God. Every word of worship belongs to him. Sing hallelujah. Oh, shut up. Sing hallelujah to my God. He said when the man would say shut up, he'd just get louder. Amen. The devils of, amen, of creeds and dogmas is trying to, as Brother Tim been saying, shut up. Put, they're putting their foot upon the neck of the bride of Jesus Christ. We ought to sing louder. We ought to praise God louder. We ought to glorify God louder. If he's truly king, we ought to praise him as a king. If he's truly Lord of Lords, we ought to praise him as a Lord of Lords. If he's truly the mighty God, we ought to praise him like he's a mighty God. If he's truly a healer, we ought to praise him like he's a healer. Oh, glory to God in the highest. That boy continued to sing, shut up. He just got louder. My God, my Savior, my healer. Yes, you are. And pretty soon, the pressure got to the one who was trying to put on the pressure. Hallelujah. Pretty soon, he couldn't take it no more. Pretty soon, he couldn't keep up. He just said, hey, boy, open the door and get out. Oh, glory to God. There's a people on this earth that's going to praise their Lord and King of kings and live for righteousness, live for holiness, live for godliness, live for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and it's going to put pressure on the devil. It's going to put pressure on the devil. And just like he did to Pharaoh, he put pressure after pressure after pressure until Pharaoh said, get out. Hallelujah. There's a bride here on this earth that's putting pressure upon the devil. He's under my feet. I'm here to remind him tonight, devil, you still belong under the feet of the bride of Jesus Christ. You still belong under his feet, under our feet. And finally, he's going to get enough. 
I've had enough of their worship. I've had enough of their praise. I've had enough of their glory. I've had enough. Get out. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, world. Pressures. Pressures. There's plenty of pressure. But there's a people that's pressurized. I don't have the time. We can look at Brother Brandon was here speaking. You know, I thought it was very interesting. This is right at the end of 63, the last message of 63. The next message is Shalom. Woo, mercy. And he goes into Shalom and he begins to talk about the darkness that's upon the world and how dark it is. Now remember, this is 64. Real quick, how many years has that been? Long time. 56? Is that close? 56? That's a long time. Uh, yeah, that's your age, Jenny. Minus 10. Amen. No, 56 years? And he's talking about how dark it is? And he says, but 1977, he might use that date at some time, and he talks about how dark it is. You don't see how to go past that. And we're now here where we're at. And it's dark. But he read a scripture in that sermon that said, Arise and shine, for thy light has come. Light can only truly show its brightness in darkness. It can only truly show how bright it is the darker it gets. The greater the darkness, the greater the light. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Oh, darkness shall cover the earth, grow darkness to people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee. Did you hear me, church? The Lord shall arise upon thee. Satan says cancer is going to rise upon you or sugar diabetes or this or that and the other, whatever kind of problem. It's going to, no, the scripture, let me take him back to scripture. The scripture says the Lord shall arise upon thee. The Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory. You're not here to be crowned in the glory of cancer or the glory of every kind of sin. The glory. You're here to be crowned with the glory of the Lord. It shall be seen upon thee. He said, gross darkness upon the people. He said, this is prophesying of the day we're now living in. And he goes on to say, he said, and it'll only get darker. <laughs> he, reads that. he reads out of Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon the Lord for him. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain of all you. He says, slain of all you as a bowing wall shall you be and as a tottering fence. Next, all the way down. They only counsel, consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. Who does? They do. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly, Selah. My soul, wait on thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Oh, hallelujah. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, 
and I shall not move. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. He says, but in Isaiah, talking going back, he said, I rise and shine for the glory of the God has come upon you. The light is here. The next verse, he says, gross darkness upon the people, and we are in the mix of light and darkness. He said, my address to the church, though, to the bride, to the church, is shalom, peace. Amen. <laughs> Just let that sink down. What, is what, you're, what, what are you supposed to be listening to? Peace. We're facing this year both darkness and light. Now, the world wants you to only see darkness, but there's also light. The world is as one of the most chaotic times of darkness that has ever stood in, and yet we're here again in the most blessed light that has ever shined again. The difference is just as it were in the beginning when gross darkness was upon the earth, but the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water and said, let there be light. And the power of darkness could not stop the light. Hallelujah. He said, I believe that's what we're living in, the hour again, when God is separating light from darkness. He's pressing it to the other side of the world that the light might be made manifest. That's why he says, I say to the church, I say shalom is because it's God's peace. I got a peace that the world didn't give. And the world therefore can't take it away. It's not the peace of the world and their peace packs and world packs and this pact and, and all the things that they come up with and their laws. That's not the peace I'm looking for or I need. I have God's peace. And God's peace is not affected by temporary peace or worldly peace. There is a difference. But what are you looking? Where are you looking at? What are you looking for? He said, the world's one day going to cry, peace, peace, and sudden destruction is going to come. He said, but now we see breaking over the horizontal realm. It's breaking between mortal and immortality. We see it breaking between heavens and earth, from an earthbound sickness and troubled world into a bright, shining day of immortal life and an immortal body and an immortal earth that shall never pass away. He said, that's why I can say shalom. What are you looking at? If you're looking at this earth, the earth, you can only be at peace when the earth is at peace. When you have a, you know, there don't seem to be near as much bad, bad news in the world. And, and you got, you know, this and that and the other. And then nothing, having a good day. It's Wednesday. Oh, my, great day. Friday, great day. I can have peace. And Saturday, you get up and the world falls apart. What happens to the peace? That's not the peace I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's peace. They can come into your heart and settle you. And say, no matter what the world does, they didn't give me this peace. And therefore, if they didn't give it, they can't take it. I don't care how bad the world gets. I don't care if, 
how many people die tomorrow, how many people die this, that, and the other, or this government gives up and that government starts fighting and this country starts fighting that country. That has nothing to do with this peace. This peace is connected to that place. Hallelujah. But he says, you, you work, look at the world, it's constantly going down, 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 down. Listen, they turned to, they, this country, regardless if we want to admit it or not, turned down the gospel. Somehow, as message believers, we got in our mind that this country somehow is going to turn around. It is not going to turn around. It's thus saith the Lord. And that's why even Brother Branham said, he said, I don't even pray for it. He said, because she rejected the word. But we want to pray for certain things because it's our motives to have a peaceful day or a peaceful time, peaceful life, have a retirement. Have the, That's not what we're here for. Our 401k, that's not what we're here for. Our retirement, that's really not what we're here for. If you make it, God bless you, but that's not what you're here for. One day retirement will run out. What then? But what are we looking for? What are we looking at? Shalom. When one day an immortal life will make an immortal body to come and live on an immortal earth, that's the peace I'm looking for. Hallelujah. He says, he goes on, he talks about the world and it's just getting dark and he just goes on. You can listen to his incredible sermon. Gross darkness, he said, I even see upon churches and they're failing to see light shining. There seemed to be such a heavy press. He said, some of the noted evangelists today are constantly screaming for revival, working right against it, seeing, not understanding, not knowing. But the prophet said, gross darkness would be upon the people. And he said it was the same darkness that was on the Jews when Jesus came. They missed him. And he said the same darkness is again where a whole group of people are missing him. And calling it fanaticism, calling it this or whatever. All kind of, but he said the hour is upon us. Darkness, gross darkness, gross darkness on a people. That's what it is. What does it all mean? Where are we standing? What hour are we in? How close are we to coming? He says, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. Peace. Shalom. God is beginning to separate the light from the darkness and is pressing behind it like he did in the beginning to show the dawn of a new day. The church ages are fading out. Amen. God is pressing the darkness into a place. It has to do it to fade out the organization, church organization, fade out the world. The world is covering the thing over. Worldlyism is taking its place. Worldly things, worldly dressing, worldly acting, worldly living. It's the world, but we are not of the world. We are of heaven. This is not our home. Oh, hallelujah. He said, sure, there's many good people, sincere people that get caught up in the creeds and the dogmas and, and they're denying the power thereof and having a form of good godliness but denying the power. Gross darkness, it blinded Israel, is now blinding the church. He said, but the bride is making herself ready. Hmm, how many is part of that bride? Making herself ready for a time. It's time for the rapture. 
direct quote. It's time for the rapture. For darkness is fading upon the Gentiles, and dawn will soon break upon the Jews. The sun is traveling from the east to the west, and we're at the west now. The light can only do one thing. Go back east again. The light can only do that. He said, but see, good people are caught, caught in it just like though they were then. Even Mary and Joseph were good people, thought Jesus was with them, and come to find out he had left them, and he wasn't even with them. And he said, so is the church world. They think Jesus is with them, but in this darkness, they've lost him. He said, but there is a people that has not lost him. Hallelujah. Gross darkness is upon the people, but what about the light? What are we to look for? Not look at the darkness, look at the light. Rise and shine, for the light has come. Look to the light. Hallelujah. He said, that's why I can say to you this morning, shalom, God's peace, peace, peace and shalom. Good morning. God be with you. God's peace go with you. It's good morning. Oh, and if it's good morning, the scripture said his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. It's good morning. It's the breaking of the day. It's the time of the coming of the Lord. It's good morning. It's shalom. It's peace. It's hallelujahs. It's praise the Lord's. We see darkness settling. We see the enemy coming in, but we also see the light. Don't take your eyes off the light. That's him among us. That's his word being identified. Shalom. It's the great day of breaking upon us. The greatest day ever known to man. When that day breaks, that bright and cloudless morning, when the earth dead in Christ shall rise. What a day. And somehow Satan is so dark in people's mind to where they're not looking for that day. They're looking for destruction. They're looking for judgment. They're looking for issues and problems. Looking for this world to burn over. That's where they're headed. I'm not looking to that. I'm looking to good morning. I'm looking to shalom, peace, good morning. His mercies are new. That's him among us. Darkness is being separated. God is causing it. Hello. Did you hang up? God is allowing this to happen. Because it's setting the atmosphere for good morning. Shalom. God's causing it. The light's doing it. The light's pressing itself in such a way until darkness has to congregate together. They had a chance to accept it and they wouldn't do it. So now it's being condensed together and together disagreeing. But Isaiah 60, rise and shine for the light has come to you. Darkness to them, light to you. Oh, glory to God. Peace and happiness and joy and love forever. What a day that's going to be. What are you looking at? 
maybe where you maybe you ought to realize where you're going is where you're looking. And where you're looking is where you're going. Quit looking at these things around us. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher. Hello. He started it, but he's also going to finish it. He didn't start it just to let it go. No, he said, I'm the author and the finisher. Arise and shine. Let's bow our hands. He says, like a man one morning looking at the paper, picked it up, put his glasses on, began to read. His wife was getting out breakfast. Said, anything new? He said, no, same old, same old, just new people. That's right, same murder, same rape, same everything, but somebody else done it. But he said, to you, it's not turn a page. It's turn to the Word. See what the Word promises for today. See what the light of the day is supposed to be. What we ought to do this year is not go back to creeds and things of old denominations, back to those things of the world. Oh, church, turn to the Word. Get to the Word. Flip the right switch. Quit punching around in artificial man-made creeds. But turn to him, the author and the finisher. I wonder how many could be honest tonight with yourselves, not with me, but with you and God. Say, God, I need my attitude adjusted. I need things changed. My look. Let me look through eyes of faith look through what you're doing I need you so brother Timothy my wife's left me this is what went on that's happening don't look at what you see look at what God's doing and what God's doing God's got it he's in control he has the answer hears your heart's cry. He knows what you have need of. Check your response. Say, Lord, is my response according to your word or how loud bitterness and anger and depression to alter my attitude and response to you? Has the pressure got to me? Lord, pressurize me. Many could say that tonight, Lord, pressurize me. Pressurize me, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that can come into a heart, Lord, and pressurize it, Lord, to be able to stand in this evil day. Lord, to anoint eyes of faith, to be able to look through the darkness and see light. Light's dawning. The sun is up. We're free. Oh, God. May you come to these hands that were raised all over this building. Lord, maybe we've been looking and we've been out of focus. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to get back in focus. 
Help us to realize you have it in control. Lord, you're the, the healer. You're the deliverer. Lord, you're the best real estate agent. You're the God of all gods. You're everything that we need. Help us not to get our eyes off of you. You supply our needs according to thy riches and glory. You take care of us when nobody else could. You feed us when nobody else can. You heal us when nobody else can. You touched our lives. You turned us around them when nobody else could. Oh, God, we love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Bless your people tonight. Grant it in Jesus' name. Amen. Shalom. Shalom. Peace and good morning. Don't forget, he's on the throne. He's on the throne. Oh, shalom. Don't you feel that way tonight? Amen. We're almost home. Amen. The next step we could take could be stare on this piece of gold. We're so close to changing dimensions. Need to let the Holy Spirit just say, Lord, bring that real peace to my heart. Bring that real satisfaction in my soul, Lord. I want that in my life. I want it in my heart. The Holy Spirit telling us in these several services, be pressurized. Amen. Get your attitude right. Let the Holy Spirit move with your life and your heart and change you in his presence. We can't remain the same. We must be drawn closer to God. Let him deal with your heart. You know we're here right at the end time. So let him just fine-tune that life of yours. Some of you need to make some big steps. Maybe some of you just some, just some small adjustments. But whatever it is, we all need to be changed in his presence. And just say, Lord, work on my life. Bring me into your presence. I need you. I need you, Lord. And I want you to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's just sing this together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, Jesus, and 
just get your, your vision right now. Amen. You look in the right direction. Look to Jesus. In the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Shift your gaze now. Oh, turn your eyes upon upon Jesus and the full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strange dim in the light of his glory Let go and let God have His wonderful way. Don't you know there's things to let go of? So you let God really have His way with you in your life. His way. And your sorrows And let God have His way. Invite Him to do it. That song means so much to me. Let go. I just need to let go of the world. I need to let go of my pride. I need to let go of something. Maybe it's my temper. Maybe it's something, a passion that is in my life. I just need to give my gaze on Jesus. These other things have hindered me in my walk. God had his way more than ever before. Lord, I love you. Amen. More than ever before. Lord, I need you. Oh, more than ever, more than, than ever. When I look and I see the world is falling around me, when I see trouble on every hand, when I see the world falling apart, I realize I really need you, Jesus. I really need you more than ever. Oh, God, I want to tell you Amen. I love you now more than ever before. Don't you want to love him more? Don't you want to surrender your heart than ever before? Lord, I love you. Amen. More than ever 
now. Amen. I love you now more than ever. I love you with all my heart. This is what he said. Oh, that a people would love me. Love me with all the heart and love their soul with all their soul. I never wanted rules and regulations and laws. What I wanted is somebody to love me. Somebody that would sell out, surrender. Surrender their all. Just ask him to do it for you tonight. Amen. Oh, more than ever before, I want to tell you I love you now more than ever before. Amen. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Just water the word now. Sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Amen. My rest is complete while I sit at your feet. Sweet spirit, sweep over. Would you just like to have a new revival within your own soul and in your heart? Amen. But get your eyes back on Jesus. Just sweep over my soul, Lord. Amen. I've had every kind of other feeling sweep over me. Everything I'm seeing in the news and every kind of trouble and calamity. But sweep over my soul, Lord. Amen. Oh, yes. My rest while I sit at your feet sweet spirit sweep over my soul to be like Jesus to be like Jesus on I long, just ask him to help you tonight, to be like him. Can't you raise your hand to him and just say, Lord, that's my prayer. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, I'll 